You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. You know, when a king, when a king sends a messenger out to make an announcement or to make a decree, uh, that messenger is not speaking for himself or speaking for herself. Instead, they're simply relaying the, the message that the king has, has given to the messenger and therefore eventually to those to whom the king desires to communicate. And so when the king gives that decree or that announcement to a messenger, let me say it again, the messenger is not speaking from him, his own mind or his own volition or her own mind, her own choice, her own words, but is simply relaying the message of, of the king to others. The message has been heard by the messenger from the king. If the messenger were to, to come out and say, there is a, a feast of fine foods for everyone on Friday, and that messenger went out and instead inaccurately said, there will be jack-in-the-box tacos on Tuesday. That'd be wrong on so many levels. If you think jack-in-the-box tacos are, are good, let me just point you in Waco to any other place that serves tacos and you would, you would do well. All right, got a few amens, some Christians up here at the front that believe that is, as well, that's great. But it'd be illegitimate for that messenger to hear one thing from the king and yet deliver a different message. So a legitimate messenger will hear an announcement or a decree from the king and then relay it accurately, maybe even verbatim, but certainly the message that came from the king. This this is what it would mean to be a messenger. So a messenger that would give an inaccurate mes- message would really truly by the truest definition of a messenger would not be a messenger. They did not deliver the message. In the Bible, the word angels means messenger or one who carries a message. All throughout scripture, we see that the angels were, were sent by God to obey God, to deliver a message from God to to God's people. The very purpose of an angel is to be a runner for God, to be a messenger of God, to obey God, to accurately give a message from the king. Now you don't have to turn there, but on the screen behind me, let me just give to you Psalm 103 verse 20, where the psalmist says, praise the Lord, O you his angels. And now we see a job description or a character reference, if you will, of, of angels. Here are the, here are the angels are, you mighty ones. And so they're equipped, they're, they're empowered, they're prepared, who carry out his word, obeying the very voice of his commands. So an angel, a legitimate messenger of God, an angel would clearly restate what the king had just said, what, what God had just said. So if you're taking notes today or just want to consider some things around Christmas time, maybe you'd want to write this down to fully understand Christmas. We need to grasp that the angels were relaying a verbatim message straight from the king, straight from God's heart. I mean, certainly most of us in this house, not all of us in this house, we understand that angels are, are part of the Christmas story. They're actually very vital characters to the Christmas story. 
But to understand and really understand that the fullness of Christmas and what we are celebrating this time of, time of year, we need to, to fully grasp this understanding, this truth that, that the angels were giving a verbatim message from God's heart, from the king himself, which makes them legitimate messengers. With the angels, when they declared, what they declared that very first Christmas was not just some unilateral paraphrased sentiment. They heard the voice of God. They obeyed his command and they came to earth to give this message. Let's find that message together this morning in the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter two. So if you're a copy of God's word, let's turn there together with your smartphone, with your tablet or, or a shared God's word this morning. Let's go to Luke chapter two. These, these angels were dispatched from heaven's edge with the voice and the command of God certainly still echoing in their ears. Luke chapter two, let's pick it up in, in verse eight this morning. As you get there, Luke chapter two, verse eight, let me just say this one more time. These angels were dispatched from the edge of heaven. And because they are true messengers, they are relaying an accurate message from their king, from our king, from God and his heart. Luke chapter two, verse, verse eight, this will be a very familiar portion of the Christmas narrative to you. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. So here comes the messenger, here comes the runner, here comes the courier. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, I know a lot of you come to Highland on a Sunday morning and you're thinking, I can't wait, I can't wait for that preacher to use a Greek word. Like I just, I've been excited all week long about learning a new Greek word. Here it comes. There's others that come to Highland like, please, please stop using Greek words. I don't, I don't know how to spell them in my notes. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. You're saying it so fast. Stop with the Greek. So let me just tell both groups, you love the Greek, you don't love the Greek. Here comes the Greek. So here's, here's the Greek word. It's, it's perilampo, shown around, perilampo. And, and even all the English speakers in here, we can capture in our imagination what this word means. Lampo, lamp, like a brilliant light or an illuminating light. Peri, like a periscope, like to see all around. So it's, it's, a, it's a very understandable word that there was an illuminating circle. There was, there was a bright light that, that engulfed them, that circled all, all around them. Uh, what is that? Well, we see here already, it's the glory of God. I'm assuming it was just the afterburn of the glory of God on this angel who, who came down to serve as, as a messenger. And I think growing up, I, I think I read this wrong, to be honest with you. I thought the glory of God was shining around the angel. But here the, the pronoun is plural, speaking of the shepherds. The glory of God was encircling the shepherds. So here comes this messenger, singular, and angel who comes in the glory of the Lord. Again, the, the radiation, if you will, emanating from, from the glory of God coming down with, with that angel that's now circling around that, the, those, those shepherds who are there in the field at at nighttime, remember it's, it's nighttime. I would imagine this is why they were terrified. Two reasons. You've got this angelic being speaking to you. 
Then you have the glory of God in a circle around you. So the very next words make a lot of sense to me. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And so the angel said, here's what the messenger said to them, fear not. They're trying to calm the hearts of these shepherds of this terrifying sight of the radiation of God's glory of all around them. Fear not for behold, I bring you good news. God has sent good news to me to pass along to you. Here's, here's an accurate messenger giving a message from God himself, from the heart of God, from the king himself. He is coming to, to tell you, now that I've calmed you down maybe just a little bit, I have good news for you. In other words, I have the gospel for you. I have good news. In the middle of the night, I have good news. In the middle of, of your fear, I have good news. In the middle of a hopeless world, I have good news. News. I have good news from God. I have the gospel. And he doesn't just stop there. He says, I bring you this good news of great joy. This good news is going to bring this amazing, over-the-top, packed, startling joy to your lives. But don't miss the rest of this. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I, I bring you this good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And this Highland is what I want us to see together this morning. In fact, if I were you, I would circle those few words for all the people. I'll circle on the screen behind me for all the people. If you think God doesn't like it that you write in your Bible, God's okay with you writing in your Bible. Just circle that for all the people. This is, listen, this is the message from the king to the messenger accurately relayed to the shepherds, this is good news of great joy and it is for all the people. This was the message from God sent to the world through his runners, through his couriers, that Jesus would be for all the people. And even that phrase for all the people has so much more integrity when you see to whom it was spoken, to shepherds. The, the original rednecks out, out in the field, like they were outsiders. When I say outsiders, I literally mean they were outsiders. They would spend weeks, sometimes even months out in the fields and caring for and leading and tending their, their sheep. And these are the first ones to receive this message or hear the message again for all the people. See, shepherds, they weren't clean cut. They weren't cleanly dressed. They were looked down upon. They were not respected. Even the religious leaders kind of had to turn away from them. They weren't allowed, shepherds weren't allowed inside of the temple, on temple grounds. The, the, the priest would take a handoff outside of the temple. The shepherds weren't even allowed near the presence of God, even in the legal system. Shepherds were so distrusted and so looked down upon that a shepherd could not serve as a witness in the New Testament courts. Isn't it ironic that God would call them to be the first witnesses of this Christ, this Messiah, this Son of God who would come? And if you were a religious leader studying in Old Testament times the coming of, of the promised one, the coming of a king, the coming of a Messiah, you would think it unthinkable that the very first ones to hear the exact coordinates of the Messiah were the outsiders, the, the unclean shepherds. And yet when God sends down his message, he comes to the outsiders. He comes to the unclean. 
comes to those who are looked down upon. And not only would religious scholars of the Old Testament think it unthinkable, think it impossible that the shepherds would be the very first to, to hear this, much less shepherds having been the beneficiaries of the glory of God circling around them. It says a lot of things to us. And again, if you're taking notes or just want to think about this, this Christmas season, here's the message that comes from God's heart through these legitimate messengers to his people today, as well as to the shepherds then. Here it is. Jesus Christ and his gospel would be for all the people. Jesus would be for all the people. His gospel of great joy would be for all the people. Not just the well-educated, not just the well-behaved, not just the well-mannered, not just the well-dressed, not just for those who have strong marriages or, or functional families or gainful employment. Jesus and his gospel, the good news of Christ would, would be available to all, not just those with, with good credit scores and, and good homes and not just those with good reputations. But the gospel, the good news, this good news of startling joy would be available to all. A religious leader, let me say this again, the Old Testament that was expecting a Messiah would assume that that Messiah was coming for him. The Jewish people, even the Old Testament, knew that when this promised one would come, when this Messiah would come, they assumed that this king, this Messiah, this saving one from heaven would come for them. But what we see here in this announcement is when the runners from heaven, the angels from heaven, when they came to shepherds, God was making it clear that this good news of great joy would be for everyone. Every now and then you see products that really should be for all people, but they're kind of marketed for the few. Things that we would all assume we could all use, and yet we see in advertisements sometimes, they're actually marketed just for, for the select, just for the elite, just for the, the well-dressed and for the well-behaved and for those who have a lot of extra cash in their pocket. You might remember this one. It was called a Bling H2O Water. Yeah, you remember this? It came out about four years ago. You can still order it today. I found it on Amazon yesterday as well. Bling H2O Water. So what I did is I, I took the exact advertising slogan from their website. Let me, let me just read this to you very quickly. More than just a pretty taste. Bling, H2O, is pop culture in a bottle. It's not for everyone, just for those who bling. Ordinary bottled water is for ordinary people. But for those with a taste for finer things, we're talking about water. Are we on the same page here? A <laughs> taste for finer things. Bling H2O may be the perfect thirst quencher. Bottles starting at $50 a piece, all the way up to $400 a bottle. Just to make sure we're on the same page one more time. It's water <laughs> in a bottle for 50 bucks, all the way up to 400. I, I know you're paying for the bottle. I know you're paying for the jewels that are hanging off the bottle, but what, what we see here is something that we would think, you know, water, it should be for, for everybody. And yet there are some that kind of want to make it just the select few, kind of make the, the wide invitation much more narrow. 
Now, the next one, I know I'm gonna get some emails on this, and so just, you know, send them on. That's, that's great. How about Renova toilet paper? You remember when Renova toilet paper came out? This is toilet paper, and you would think, you know, again, here comes the emails. You would think toilet paper would just be for, for everybody, right? It would just kind of be wide open, a wide open invitation. But this is actually uh, black toilet paper imported from, from Europe. And here's the exact, I, I copied and pasted this from their website. So you ready? Here, here it is. This is an explanation, the advertising of Renova toilet paper. Elegant. Oh, it gets better. Sophisticated. And rebellious. Alternative and eternally fashionable. It's not for everyone, but it is synonymous with sophistication and style. One roll goes for $15. I checked out HEB's website. 84 cents a roll at at HEB, just in case you're thinking about, about ordering this. It kind of brings a whole new expression to flushing money down the toilet, right? If you were to buy something like that. All right, send me your emails. I'll be glad to be glad to take those for sure. What, what these marketers have done is they've taken something that is seemingly so accessible to, to all of us and they've claimed it really kind of as their own and they, they've narrowed the invitation. They have narrowed the announcement. And I wonder if, in the course of Christianity, the last 2,000 years, there's not been often a group of Christians that have done the same thing. They've narrowed the announcement. They've, they've narrowed the opportunity. But when the legitimate messengers from heaven's edge came, they said, this is good news of great joy for all the people. This is a picture of of the generosity of God. A reminder at, at Christmas time that, that everyone is invited, that, that all are welcome. Whether you be a, a wise king from a foreign land who has enough cash to buy frankincense and gold, or a poor shepherd who can do nothing but bend their knees before this newborn king. Highland, please hear this. The invitation is open. All are welcome into the kingdom of God. For those who believe, they will be given the right to be called the daughters, the sons of God. So let me just make this comment in light of the legitimate messengers from heaven's edge. The the depth of love can be determined by the level of sacrifice. The depth of love, it it can be determined. The vastness of love, the greatness of love, the magnitude of love, you can determine it. You can even qualify it. You can measure it. It can be determined by the level of of sacrifice. In other words, just think about this on, on human terms. If you want to start there, you know that you are loved when other people give, when other people yield, when other people sacrifice, when other people offer. You know that you are loved when, when others they, they forfeit their time. They forfeit their preferences 
in a sacrificial way to display to you, to demonstrate to you their love. In the same way, the love of Christ can, it can be measured by the level of his sacrifice. Just consider this with me. He went from the highest to the lowest. That's sacrificial. That's, that's the depth of love. Consider this with me. He went from heaven's palace to a feeding trough. Went from a throne to a barn. So let me say this one more time. The depth of love or the magnitude of love can be determined by the level of sacrifice. So here's my question and I give you an answer as well. How deep is Christ's love? Here's what I would submit to you this morning. He came to die to forgive and free all people who believe. It's an open invitation. It is not narrowed at all in its scope. The invitation, again, that came from legitimate messengers from heaven's edge, having heard the king, obeying the command of the king, for this is the role of angels, came and said, I've I'm bringing you the gospel. I'm bringing you good news. And it is of startling, packed, over-the-top joy. And this invitation is wide open. For Christ came to forgive and free all people who believe. This was the strategic decision from the edge of heaven. The king said, go and tell my creation there is good news. And it's of great joy. And that invitation will be for anyone, for all who believe. Wow. Merry Christmas to us. Would you stand with me, please, and let's pray together. So Jesus, we believe that there is no sacrifice you won't make to display your love for us. We We see that when you move from the highest of heavens to the lowest of a feeding trough. We see it when the Lord of heaven and earth allows his creation to nail him to a cross. Certainly the depth of love for us can be determined, oh Jesus, by the level of your sacrifice. So God, today we're grateful for those messengers, those couriers, those runners from heaven who listened to your command and obeyed the very voice of God and opening up the way for all to believe, for all to enter, all are welcome. This is the good news of great joy. So Father, we bless you today and we praise you today for the sacrifice. Jesus, thank you for being the door through which we can enter into life. Maybe some here today need to enter through that door this morning, this moment, this time. It's in Christ we believe, in Christ we pray. Amen.